Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our readings for this weekend are all about humility, which is such a fundamental virtue in the moral life, the spiritual life. I think I've told you before, but uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux was once asked, what are the three most important elements in the spiritual life? He said, humility, humility, and humility. St. Catherine of Siena, I've been reading a lot of her recently. In an ecstasy of prayer, she once heard the Lord say to her, Remember that I am and you are not. Now, don't take it literally to suggest that we don't exist, but take it in its spiritual and indeed metaphysical significance. God is the one who is. Everything we have Everything we are is therefore a gift from God. Indeed, God is and we are not. And so whatever we have is grace, gift. St. Augustine said, well, we've all been made from nothing, ex nihilo, and therefore we we tend to nothing. We carry about within us the heritage of non-being. We see it, of course, in our frailty, our sin, our mortality. St. Paul summed it up. What do you have that you've not received? So why do you boast? That's a good question, isn't it? (laughs) Everything we have, we've received. So why should we boast in what we have, as though it's our unique accomplishment? Well, to believe in God, everybody, is to know these truths. To live out of them is to live in the attitude of what the church calls humility. That's why Thomas Aquinas said, humilitas veritas. It just means humility is truth. Truth is humility. It's living out the deepest truth of things regarding God and ourselves. God is God, and we are not. And so the right attitude is humilitas. Now, I realize all this sounds very clear when it's stated in this abstract, more philosophical manner. But man, is it hard to live out. In our fallen world, we forget so readily that we are creatures. We forget so readily that we've been made from nothing. We come to expect things, to assume that they are owed to us. At the end of the day, we start assuming that we are God's center of the universe. Forgetting our real metaphysical status, we become big egos. And here's where the spiritual tradition kicks in. I am. I want. I expect. I demand. Spiritual tradition is always trying to knock those attitudes down. 
to question the legitimacy of those attitudes. I've always loved um, Origen's reading of the book of Exodus, where he sees the Israelites as evocative of all of its, all of its good in us, our minds, our wills, our creativity, all the positive energies. But the Israelites in us have been enslaved. They're now held captive by dark powers. The Pharaoh symbolizes the power of the rampaging ego, which has now enslaved everything in us and uses them to do what? It's very telling to me. Two things. To build fortified cities and to build monuments. Now think about that symbolically. How much of our time every day is spent building fortified cities around our egos? I want, I am, I demand, I expect. And so I defend myself, build high walls, keep people at bay, defend myself. But fortified cities aren't quite enough. I need to build monuments to myself. Again, fellow sinners, think of how much time we spend every day constructing monuments to ourselves, making sure people notice, making sure I get adequate attention. My statue is the biggest statue around. I get jealous when your statue is getting more attention than mine, etc. That should all sound very familiar. It's the game, it's the spiritual game of the ego that's out of step with veritas, the deepest truth of things. The ego becomes, in all of us sinners, a sort of massive monkey on our backs that has to be fed, attended to, and pampered constantly. Think of some kind of like this annoying monkey that's on your back. And every single day, you have to worry about it, feed it, amuse it. It's threatening you, and and you're a little bit afraid of it. Well, that's the ego which is fundamentally a phantom because it's not in touch with veritas, with reality. What a liberation it is. Now, see, every spiritual teacher will say this. What a liberation it is to let go of the ego. Here's an example now to make this, I hope, a bit clearer. Compare two experiences. First of all, a conversation with a friend in which you are just caught up in the joy of the exchange, following the truth wherever it leads, sharing good humor. Both of you just kind of thrill with what you're discovering. So hold that in your mind. And I'll compare it to a conversation in which you are constantly preoccupied with how your ego is doing. So now you're talking to somebody, but you're not lost in the rhythm of the conversation. You're not You're not lost in the joy of discovering the truth. Now, every minute you're wondering, how am I doing? Am I making the right impression? Is he impressed with me? Am I clever enough? Am I going to get the job I want? Whatever it is. The difference between those two experiences is the difference between ecstasy and misery. You see, I'm driving it. Ecstasy, the joy of losing oneself. Now, that could be in a conversation, in a baseball game, It could be in a friendship, whatever. Ecstasy versus misery. The misery comes from the monkey on your back. This constant attention to the ego. 
the great spiritual teachers, now that's from Catherine of Siena through Augustine, St. Paul, Thomas Aquinas, Jesus himself, what they want is to liberate us from the misery of an egotism, which is born of a metaphysical misperception. God is God and we are not. So the right attitude is humilitas. All right. In light of all these principles, let's take a look at our gospel for today, which is that famous passage from Luke's gospel dealing with honor at a banquet. So Jesus has been invited to the home of a prominent person, one of the leading Pharisees we hear. And he notices what we can notice in similar situations today, namely how people are jockeying carefully for position, status, prominence. Someone having, you know, a dinner at his family is not going to worry about this, but now you're out in public. You're out some big deal affair. Someone's being honored and everyone's there. All the cool people are there. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to make sure you get noticed and you're sitting with the right people and the most important people are going to notice you. Whom can I impress? What will the glitterati think of me? Am I on proper display? Now, we've all been to dinners like this, I bet. The jockeying I'm talking about is precisely like that miserable conversation I described above. It's not enjoying the banquet for its own sake. It's not enjoying the company of those around you. It's feeding the monkey on your back. Jesus puts his finger on the most depressing scenario for an egotist in such a situation. Trying as hard as he can to be noticed, he does get noticed, this poor guy, but for all the wrong reasons. So he puts himself in the high place, but then someone more important comes along, and so the, the host has to bring this guy in front of everybody down to a lower place. His egotistic games have backfired dreadfully. Now, I bet... I mean, probably everybody, at least most of you listening to me, have been in a similar situation. When you're trying as hard as you can to feed the monkey, to, to uh, foster your ego, but in fact things backfire. Instead of being admired, you're reduced to embarrassment. So what's the solution to all this? Stop playing the game. Opt out on purpose. See how Jesus recommends, take the lowest place on purpose. People will still be furiously jockeying around you, and that's the way it goes. But you, just for fun, opt out of the ego game. Opt out. I'm not going to play. I will take the lowest place and actually enjoy the dinner. Now, another strategy suggested at the end of the parable, also, and it's typical of the gospel here, a strategy of non-cooperation. Think of, you know, Gandhi, who learned this very much from the Gospels. Non-cooperation with evil. If evil's happening, the best thing to do is not so much to, to fight it directly, that often backfires, but not to cooperate with it. What most people do is engage in behavior that's meant to satisfy the ego, even behavior that looks superficially like altruism. So in Jesus' parable, I'll have a dinner for people, but only so they can pay me back with another dinner. 
So I'll invite all the glitterati. I'll invite the rich and famous so that they might invite me back. What's going on there? But just more of the ego game. Turn it around. Someone invites me to a party. Do I have a good time? Not really, because all I'm thinking about is, oh, gosh, now I got to invite them back. I, I, have to, I have to pay back or I'm going to look bad. At the end of the day, what's happening, no one's enjoying the dinner. So what the Lord is saying here is opt out. Don't play. Instead, invite to a party those who have no capacity to invite you in return. Listen to him now. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. Now see what's going on here, everybody. It's a subtle spiritual point. Blessed will you be. You see, blessed there it means happy. Happy will you be because they can't repay you. In other words, how happy you'll be when you are finally out of this goofy rhythm of the ego. You're out of the game. You're living in the truth. Gosh, it's hard. It's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing in the spiritual order. Every master from Jesus on emphasizes the primacy of humility. Don't construe it now according to false humility. That's just another ego game. Construe it this way. It's a refusal to play something that is repugnant to your own deepest existential identity. See, and that's why humility makes you happy. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.